Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Bill Press and Friends on the District Productive Network. In the studio with us, Adam Smith. Good morning. At a Smith 83 on Twitter. That's correct. From everyvoice.org. Which voice did you bring today? Uh, you know, every voice. My dude. slightly raspy one. I've been coughing a little yeah, bit lately. Lady, but... That's what happens when you have 70 degrees one day and 8 degrees the next. I don't think that's what happens. I mean, I don't think that's why. That's a it, it is a problem. I think illness can do it. That's what happens. Yeah. To you. That's what happens to you. High of 67 on Saturday. Isn't that wild? Yeah. We're already I'm already talking to my friends about where we're going to drink outside this weekend, so Nice. It yeah. literally with wind chill, it's like seven degrees outside. Today. I know. It's uh, it was, it's hateful out right it now. It was twenty four degrees when I got in my car. This yeah. is insane. Thankfully, I have seat warmers in my CRV. I don't do the seat warmers. I got them. I don't use them. Really? Yeah, that's right. They're kind of nice. Yeah, I don't like it. You don't like toasty buns? I don't like toasty buns. Uh, uh, my ass gets all hot. I don't like it. All right, now that was it. <laughs> yeah. Hi everyone. Teach his own. Hi everyone. Um. <laughs> I forgot my place for a minute, Adam. What are we talking about today? Uh, you know, I thought we'd talk a little bit about maybe Ivanka's clothing line and how beautiful oh, yeah. it is. Yes. Oh, one only the best. So you're an expert on Ivanka's clothing line. Uh, yes, and how uh, the uh, government is promoting it uh, in uh, unethical ways. Yeah. So um, we uh, <laughs> we were playing some clips earlier of yeah. Kellyanne Conway. Um, hawking it like it, like it was on the home shopping network you know i am not like surprised a lot anymore but when i saw that, like yesterday i was like you know looking at twitter and i saw someone say that she said that i couldn't believe it I was like she did not straight up hawk this in the white house briefing room it so clearly violates like ethics rules that it was just it's not surprising me that donald trump did it but that she did i was like come on you guys have to know better than this it was a little surprising that she didn't like Pull out her arm and like show a watch, right? And then right. like have the camera zoom in and go. If you call now, you can get five of these for the price of four. It, to, to me, right? Like <laughs> it, Donald Trump is the worst type of like swindler in the sense yeah. that like he's re, he's even pretty low, you know. Like he's the president of the United States. Yeah. I mean, granted, we're not even a month into his presidency, so who knows? He can still reach that stratosphere, but like. He's bickering over, you know, like making sure Trump water is the is the bottled water that's served in the White House. He's got, you know, hawking his uh, the, the the clothing line and jewelry line on the White House website, right? When you go to the yeah. stuff, he's wait. It's tr- on the it's on the website. Well, I think on the transition website it says it says things like Ivanka, who has a clothing line. Click well, here. Yeah, it's a very helpful link. Yeah. yeah. Um, Here's it, a link with a ten percent discount. Right. And like, and and by if you the voted way, for us, by the way. As I'm not the first person to point this out, but like that Nordstrom tweet that he sent out came at 10:51 uh, a.m. 
He had a presidential daily briefing scheduled for 10.30 a.m. Well, now they say that he wasn't still in the briefing at that time, which is believable because he doesn't really like briefings. Sure. But also they say things like Michael Flynn, the national security advisor, didn't talk to the Russians uh, before the election about sanctions, I mean before the inauguration about sanctions. Michael Flynn says that, and then, by the way, after nine sources tell the Washington Post that he did using Intel intercepts, uh, he finally backs off the story through an unnamed spokesperson. Yeah. yeah, they don't really deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the truth. Right. That's such a nice right. way of saying what right. I just said. <laughs> yeah. right. They have no integrity. They've given up their integrity, so they, when they say something uh, is false, why, there's no reason to believe them. They have fake lies. Yeah. I think that should be a hashtag, fake yeah. lies. Fake yeah. lies. <laughs> so, Adam, uh, yeah. I know that, that you're not supposed to do this. Yeah. You're a government official. You're not supposed to be hawking right. private enterprise. Uh, or enriching yourself. Yeah. But you probably know why. Yeah. So there are uh, a couple, uh, there are ethics regulations that executive branch employees have to follow, whether you're at Justice Department, EPA, or in the White House. Uh, and uh, there are two things, two of those regulations that Kellyanne Conway broke yesterday. One of them is you're not supposed to um, promote. Uh, you know, products of your friends and family and and connections. You're not supposed to use official duties to do that. And she did that. You're also not supposed to use um, official funds for non-official duties. And she was introduced as, like, advisor to the White House while doing an interview in the White House briefing room with a presidential seal behind her. Uh, And so she violated both of those. She might as well have been standing on the Resolute desk. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) At least when Donald Trump tweeted about it, he didn't say go buy her stuff. He just criticized uh, Norton, which again is a real question <laughs> he just about, nuked a department about store. bullying. Right, right. right. Uh, the conservative principles of bullying an American company from the Oval Office. Uh, but so she violated both of those. The thing is, punishment is sort of left up to the head of the agency. So the president. Yeah. So the agency would be the White House. You, any other administration, you would expect someone like Don McGahn, who's the White House counsel, to sort of punish her. You know, you get a suspension for a week. Uh, we're going to dock your pay. Has that ever happened? Uh, I don't think so, or at least not that I... Is that because people aren't dumb enough to do that? Well, not that I saw in the White House. It has probably happened in other agencies, you know, with much lower profile stuff happens, but not in the White House. Uh, And especially not when the president approves of it. Right, exactly right. And, you know, so she's... Sean Spicer said yesterday that she has been counseled. I don't know if that means she was given an Ivanka Trump bracelet um, or said, don't do that again. It was a vicious counseling. Right, oh, I'm sure. It was really intense counseling. Yeah, at least not be on TV when you do that. Kellyanne, if you're going to do that, use words that are a little more like Muslim ban. Right, 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 right. Go shop at places that are nice and maybe support Ivanka. It's it's so crazy. Nordstrom Nordstrom is alone in making this decision. Yes. I mean, that's like there are any number of ways to say that. Well, I think it also probably hurts them because uh, Trump personally, because stuff wasn't selling. They didn't drop it out of political reasons. They dropped it because nobody was buying it. Because nobody... Nobody who shops at Nordstrom voted for Ivanka Trump. Right, right. Well, <laughs> if you saw yesterday, or voted for Donald Trump. I shouldn't say no one, but but let's. I mean, but you know what? You know, you know what's really interesting to me. And, where do you think Nordstrom does its big sales on high end lines? Uh, I would say, I would say coastal cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that's right. Yeah, I doubt it's. You're uh, not selling a lot of. That I doubt stuff it's in Arkansas. Yeah. yeah, but you know uh, what's interesting to me? Just to take this off a little bit of a tangent, it's the thousand dollar store on some of the right. Uh, on some of the like the Super Bowl commercials, right? They have clearly business has clearly yeah. they're putting their their 
money behind the popular vote and not the electoral vote. I wouldn't say the popular vote. They're putting their money behind the money. Yeah. I mean, it, yes, well, it's sure, the popular yes. vote, but I would say more to the point, the people that voted for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump are disproportionately in wealthy coastal cities. Yeah. And so that's a good reason. Yeah. I mean, they're the buyers. Younger, more upwardly mobile. Yeah. And, and, the, and the trend leaders. I mean, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're BMW... Do you want a lot of people, uh, you know, you want a lot of Wall Street guys driving around in BMWs, or do you want a lot of farmers in Dubuque riding around in BMWs? Sure. Yeah, it's a good point. It'd be pretty cool to see a farmer. I in keep Dubuque. picking on Dubuque. I don't mean to pick on Dubuque. I've never been. Uh, I can't remember if I've been or not. I think I have. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Iowa City. Okay. Not the same as Dubuque. Yes. I've, I've never been to Iowa a, at all. You no, know, actually, I think I, maybe I did go to, I've been to Iowa a couple times. There's a lot of Ds, like Des Moines, yeah. Dubuque. Yeah, Des Moines is lovely, though. Dubuque, Dubuque is an like, easy D. Well, that's a C. Oh, you know who else is a D? Bill Belichick. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> we just need everybody to do their job. That's pretty good. Um, all right, so Ivanka Trump, where do we go from here? You know, uh, I think we just have to sort of, uh, you know, I yesterday was starting to lose track of all the ways Trump has boosted his business since in office. So I started this, I'm keeping this running list on my website so we can say. Oh, plug the website. Yeah, everyvoice.org. Go check it out. We're keeping a running list. Uh, but I don't know where you go from here. I think, Is there enough room on the internet to keep that list? Well, I'm at nine now. Okay. And so I think it's going to keep getting a lot longer. You know, this weekend, uh, he's uh, the Prime Minister of Japan is uh, going golfing at uh, Mar-a-Lago, which um, is a nice way to plug your golf club to, like, international audiences. Yeah, right. Uh, I think do, you think the, do you think the Japanese will be paying for the trip? This tomorrow? is actually a very good question, because if they do pay for the trip, they will probably be in, Trump will be in violation of the Emoluments Clause, right. the Foreign Bribery Clause. Yes. So I, I think I saw that maybe Trump is offering it as a free Free gift, um, which I think, but you, that's also a well, problem. you could. It's also a gift, and it's like a, maybe yes. they should just not go to Mar-a-Lago. Right, right, yeah. But it shows. It's not that, like Barack Obama yeah. was like, let's go hang out at uh, Tony Resco's house that he <laughs> right. like, sold me. <laughs> no, it's that's crazy. A blast from the past. Ouch, ouch. Wow, man, <laughs> nice pull. It's like you know, he said a couple days before the presidency, the president does not have a conflict of interest, which is very Nixon. If the president, the president can't right. have a conflict right. of interest, according right. to uh, Jason Chaffetz. Yes, uh, God, did you hear that clip of him saying? at the what, town hall last night? Uh, in fact, Jamie Benson has it right here. Well, in a second. Yeah. Jamie, just point when you've got it. Jason Chaffetz, tough town hall. Here it is. Jamie, do you have the... Jamie, do you have the clip of Chaffetz on competition? I wish that he had done the tax returns, but it is not under law. He's in to do a speculative investigation of he said the same thing about conflicts of yeah. interest and in general. people just started jeering. I loved it. They were so yeah. mad. And it's, I mean, he's right. The president is exempt. But the the thing is, there's a- By the way, my favorite from that last night, if yeah. you, you can go to the Salt Lake Trail, hour and 20 minutes yeah. of Jason Chaffetz's town hall yesterday, almost none of which is boring. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched the entire hour and 20 minutes, but I watched about half an hour, 40 minutes of it this morning. Uh, my favorite thing that somebody said to him was- uh, when he said that uh, the law doesn't provide for conflict of interest, he said, uh, I don't have that power, said one of the protesters. You do. Yeah. Change yeah. the law. Yeah. Do yeah. your it, job. There also is a thing about, you know, the, the boss is supposed, to, is supposed to set the standard for his employees, right? I'm the boss, so I will set the standard what ethics are in this company, what uh, what 
a proper acceptable behavior is. And he's saying, nah, you guys have your separate rules. I have my rules. I'm not going to follow that same standard. Yeah. But I mean, look, he's right. There are no laws governing the president. My guess is that's going to change the next time uh, there's a Republican Congress and a Democratic president. That that might be the case, yeah. Assuming we uh, uh, elect a Democrat who has uh, businesses around the world, I think President. Right, right. I think President Beyonce is yeah, going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I don't think Al Franken has any overseas. I, I will go. To, I will go presence. to that. I will go to the President Beyonce Christmas party. It's Beyonce. President Oprah. Yeah. Let's make that clear. Well, first of all, it's Queen Oprah. That's right. <laughs> I think Beyonce should run. Beyonce Knowles. Which other Beyonce is there? Do you know a lot yeah, of them? That's a really good question. Just clarifying. Like, how about a Bega ticket? Beyonce and Gaga? Oh, sure. My my young children would love Gaga on the ticket because they could say the name. She did a, fi- she did a very nice Super Bowl halftime show. I went yeah. back and watched it. Uh, yeah. She went a little Pete Seeger on us. Yeah. A little Pete Seeger. Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I was like, I don't for, have any real problem were you with waiting Gaga. For the, were you waiting for the commie fourth verse of... Yeah right. <laughs> yeah, right. Whatever that is, of uh, this land. <laughs> I uh, there's actually an interesting question about uh, about where Democrats go next, right? But like, what's very clear when you listen to the Chaffetz stuff and and you sort of see what's happening is, people talk about the radicalization of the left or the mobilization of the left. Yeah, and like it's coming. It's not radicalized. No, the it's beauty, not radicalized, but, it, but, 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 but the mobilization is coming. I mean, they're, they're, you have to look at yeah. Barack Obama. I would say it's de-radicalized. Sure, okay. Barack Obama, for as, as good of a president as he, as, as he was, right, there are a lot of problems. Like, he didn't go as far left as a lot of progressives would, would, would have liked him to do. Bill wrote a whole book about it, right? And, I noticed that. Yeah. So did debate audiences in 2016. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> But so I think it's okay now. I think that Bernie taught Democrats that you can go out there and you could say, this is what government does. This is what it does to help you. 64% of people getting the Affordable Care Act come from Trump states, right? So they could go out there and say, like, you like Affordable Care Act? We'll make it even better for you. you know, I sort of see these protests not as, I mean, people should have been at these town halls all along. Mm-hmm. This is just basic civic engagement. Yeah. You know, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of mad that it took uh, electing this terrible human being as president to get people to, like, do basic civic engagement again. They got lazy. But that's, um, got lazy. I, I think it's, we shouldn't see these radical protests. This is people doing what they should be doing in a democracy. Absolutely right. That's why Absolutely I say it's de-radicalized. Right. It's, what you're getting is what you're getting is the general election voter who doesn't vote in primaries because they're not really an activist. Yeah. They're going to town halls now. Yeah. There is a sleeping giant that has yeah. been awoken, 65.9 million strong and probably even more than that. Yesterday at a town hall meeting, Di- Diane Black of Tennessee, and I don't think we have audio of this, but uh, she went to Middle Tennessee State oh. University, mm-hmm. uh, and she was asked by a 35-year-old school teacher. Uh, basically, the school teacher got up and said, look, my Christian values teach me that uh, that for for health insurance purposes, those of us who have some should should give some. That everybody should get get stuff. And uh, Diane Black, to her credit, was very honest and said, "No, nobody should have to give up for anybody else to get. Everybody should just get." Um, which is sort of a nath. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, sure, absolutely. If you're willing to vote for universal health care or whatever, right. fine. Um, and even then, they're still giving for getting. But uh, then the woman came back to her and said, "Like, what do you what do you say to the people who are uh, being harmed and sick and dying 
uh, because of these political decisions, and the congressman was like, uh, I'm moving on, I'm passing. Mm. Like, there's no defense. There yeah. is absolutely zero mm. defense for taking health insurance away from people. So the Republicans, I think, I've always thought this, do this at their peril. Yeah. Um, Barack Obama and Peter, I know you, you believe he didn't go as far as he could have, and he certainly didn't go as far as he could have. Uh, Barack Obama, one of the brilliances of his presidency was to not go too far on things and to let the other side self-immolate. Sure. Um, and I think you are seeing now basically anybody who isn't completely beholden to the Republican Party as an institution looking at Donald Trump as a disaster for this country. And that is not just Democrats. It's not just independents. But it's a lot of conservative Republicans who have basic values, uh, who want to see their values supported. And we see it um, in Washington and around the country in some of the commentary. Uh, I think the Donald Trump's base is probably 35 percent, somewhere around 35 percent of the country. And it's hard to erode that. If he gets under 30 percent, I think the Republican Party will sack him. I think I think you're going to see you saw Mitch McConnell go after Elizabeth Warren. I think that that one of the reasons McConnell went after Warren is he knew he knows that in order for him to be able to t- take on Trump at some point, he needs to have the support of some Trump people and going after Warren is a good way to get Trump people behind him. Here's my question. Especially on race. Oh yeah, jeez. Yeah. Here's my question. The racist just won an election. What's it going to take? Cuz like I mean, I think that so, so much of it focuses around business and 3 months Four months. <laughs> well, sure, but like, what what's going to be the tipping point? I would say for, uh, for on the business stuff, I actually think that um, people are giving him a lot of room on this. Yeah. A lot of his supporters, especially, are giving him a lot of room. Why? Do, of course, he should profit from the presidency. So it's up to like people like me and others to say how that harms people. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that I mean it's bad and unethical and against the rules that Kellyanne Conway. Um, hawked Ivanka's company, but we have to say how that harms people. You know, like Kellyanne Conway is hawking Donald Trump's daughter while they are taking health care away from millions of people. So that's a way that I think is the way forward on tying his profits, his business motive of the presidency with his policies. Hey, everybody, this is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for the Bill Press show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. I'm John Allen sitting in for Bill Press and still chewing some food. So Arthur Delaney is going to tell us uh, from the Huffington Post, tell us a little bit about your story last night with uh, Joe Donnelly featured. So a a bipartisan group of senators went to the White House yesterday so Donald Trump could pitch Neil Gorsuch and Joe Donnelly from Indiana, Democrat, has been really focused on the factories that are closing there. These these are Rust Belt guys Trump invited over from states that he won. They're vulnerable. They're up for election. Joe Donnelly took the opportunity to press Trump on jobs. And specifically, he pitched Democratic legislation that would punish companies for closing down and then opening a factory in Mexico. And this is something Democrats have sort of always 
uh, introduced legislation making a fuss over, and it's just been designed to embarrass Republicans. But Donnelly told me that Trump sounded like he really loved it. He borderline endorsed it, said, oh, let's see if we can get going on that bill. It would uh, essentially take Trump's... I mean, Trump ca- campaigned on similar ideas. Right, and, and, Tr- and Trump had this deal with a company called Carrier where he basically bullied them into abandoning plans to close a factory. And what this legislation would do is essentially codify... Trump's approach to that, uh, because a lot of people understood the reason for the company to to do that, to go along with Trump, was that the federal government gives them a lot of money through federal contracts. So this legislation would punish companies by taking points off their bids for federal contracts. So Trump's like, yeah, let's do that, according to Donnelly. Of course, Trump says things that he doesn't mean from time to time, uh, but Donnelly yeah, thought but it was This is really in line with Donald Trump's campaigning. I mean... I think Donnelly is smart to get that out in the press and get some credit for it being his idea. Yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. event that in the event that it happens anyway. Right? Yeah, it's, it's legislation he's he's proposed with Sherrod Brown and uh, Chris, Kirsten Gillibrand, and uh, he said that after this meeting, Mike Pence, the former governor of his state, came up to him and said, "Hey, get that stuff over to us right away." Michael Flynn on the hot seat today. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's get into this. So Russia. Mike, so Michael Flynn, the national security advisor, uh, met with the Russian ambassador, Sergei, and I'm going to butcher his name. It's not Kalishnikov. It's something with a K, I believe. You could have just said the Russian ambassador. The Russian ambassador. <clears throat> That'll work. Uh, met with the Russian ambassador or, or talked to him uh, by phone and text uh, about sanctions uh, right as the uh, Obama administration was about to impose new sanctions on Russia as a uh, punishment for Russia's interference in the U.S. election. Um, it is illegal for private citizens in the United States uh, or anyone else to conduct foreign policy at odds with the administration's foreign policy, uh, talking to foreign leaders, uh, under the Logan Act, which nobody's ever been prosecuted under, but people like to talk about it. First time for everything. First time for everything. Um, for a long time, Michael Flynn denied that he had conversations with the Russians about these sanctions uh, during the transition, knowing that it was a no-no. Surely he would not be the first transition official that ever had conversations like that. But the problem for Michael Flynn is that the Washington Post has nine, nine sources, current and former U.S. officials, that say that these uh, conversations happened. And that not only that, two of the sources say specifically uh, there was some sort of assurance from Michael Flynn that the uh, U.S. policy on sanctions would change from one administration to the next. Um, and so he's in this box where somebody wants him gone. I mean, to get nine officials, first of all, you get the nine because you really want to be sure. Yeah. And my guess is if you want to be that sure, you're probably getting somebody inside the Trump political sphere that is helping you with that. Has to. Right. This, I, I mean, this could actually be in retaliation for his, his leaks, damaging the president about the the three a.m. Right. phone call and Steve Bannon. I mean, he's he's telling everybody about this three a.m. phone call, <laughs> and this is the war of a, a disloyal White House fighting with infighting among Donald Trump has set up a people. system that has uh, a five right. cats in a bag right. system for his right. business that he believes works. Yeah. To make his business great. This is exactly what we thought it was going to be. We knew it was going to be 
uh, ladder-climbing sycophants who had knives out ready to shank anybody in the White House if it got them uh, a little more favor somewhere. Which is always true, but there is a counterweight to that typically in an administration, which is a desire for the country to succeed. Sure, right. And we are seeing an absence of that right now. So Michael Flynn, <laughs> it seems like he's busted. It seems like he's busted. Now, Kellyanne Conway seemed busted this week, and I thought they would just ignore it, but... Are you talking about hawking Ivanka's? Yeah. But in fact, they said, well, she's been counseled. There, there was, seemed to be acknowledgement. It was a stern counseling. Yeah. I, I, I was surprised that they even said that. Yeah. So that, was, that, that actually was they're part of the reason why I said it. A minute I think Lance Priebus is getting more power. They're trying to rein it in. Uh, however modestly. I mean, that's but, pretty modestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, I, I don't know. I mean, like, is she the person who most deserves uh, punishment in the uh, Trump White House? I don't think so. She's not a policymaker. Some of these other guys uh, probably deserve a little bit more of that. Somebody talked to them and told them that they can't do that anymore. Well, who would be responsible for uh, Michael Flynn in this situation? The Donald. Right. And that, that's the same with, uh, with, with Conway. I mean, it's up to the administration what they do. Olivia Nutzi is here. Hi, Olivia. Uh, so, Olivia, you interviewed Steve Bannon and Reince Priebus. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Tell us about the most interesting moment you had with Steve Bannon and Reince Priebus. Well, the most interesting moment, they conferenced me in on a phone call on speakerphone um, with the two of them in Priebus's office in the West Wing. And right off the bat... Uh, Bannon started talking, and he said, uh, well, we're just finishing. Reince is just giving me my daily back massage. And that set the tone for the rest of the interview. Oh so the God. entire 25 minutes was just them. Yeah, I was working on a piece about the infighting in the White House. I had heard from my sources that Priebus was perhaps maneuvering behind the scenes to uh, out Bannon and, and get closer to Trump. And... They spent 25 minutes pushing back on this by basically pretending to be uh, very good friends who, like, fall asleep texting each other at night and are and really care about each other. I fall asleep texting people at night sometimes. F you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you and me, back massages and late night texts. Mm. Right, buddy? Yeah. Bonbons. Yeah. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't be here. Sorry, no, no you definitely should be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep things, keep things safe for TV. Somebody keep us yeah, apart. Um, Our wives probably yeah. would appreciate if you stay. <laughs> but it was very, it was deeply strange. Because yeah. normally, you know, if you're pushing back on a story, typically, you know, one of the ways to make it seem like it's a non-story is to not pay too much attention to it, to not give it too much credibility by, you know, protesting too much and they did sort of the opposite and I, I think it seemed like they had been hearing so much about this story everyone has the same kind of intel from their sources in the White House and surrounding the White House and they just got fed up with it and they were like let's put this to bed literally let's, giving yeah, each other back <laughs> massages fragrant oils <laughs> they didn't mention anything about that oh sorry um so so they just did a buddy act for you for 25 yeah, minutes, for 25 minutes. And, and it, it was it unconvincing <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just... You seem unconvinced. I'm unconvinced, yeah. Um, who do you think... Because there was some... I don't think... By the way, I'm not just running around, but I, I don't think anybody in that inner circle 
trusts anybody. No, and that's kind of the end. But that's by design. Yeah, yeah, I think it's by design. But also, you know, allegiances seem to constantly be shifting. So what's true? What was true on Tuesday when I talked to them may not be true now. And I think it probably this won't be true next week. It seems like yeah. everyone is constantly trying to figure out who they can trust, who their friends are. And the answer is no one. Right. What's that old saying? If you want a friend in Washington, get a dog. Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, so we were talking about this a few minutes ago with Arthur Delaney from the Huffington Post. My view of this is that, like, you always have the jockeying in Washington, mm-hmm. but the the jockeying inside a White House and inside an administration is usually tempered by a basic desire uh, for the president to succeed in a way that is generally broadly good for the American mm-hmm. public. And people will pull back a little bit on their own agendas when they see themselves hurting the president mm-hmm. or the general good of America. Especially the chief of staff. I mean, your job literally is to protect the president. But what we're seeing is leaks that are very damaging, not just to the different staff members in the White House, but it reflects poorly on the president, by extension, the country. It also presumes, I think, that one of them could win. Right. So there's always this like, oh, well, you know, maybe somebody's going to like actually claim power and uh, and sort of knock off their rivals mm-hmm. and be the one. I don't think that's true. I don't no. think Trump wants that. Well, evidence suggests that the only people who can ever win are those within the bloodline, right, or or married into it, right? right? I mean, because in the beginning of the campaign, remember, there was like the old guard Trump advisors, Sam Nunberg, Roger Stone. Right. They then were kind of pushed out by Corey Lewandowski. Corey Lewandowski then fought with Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort then fought with Jared Kushner. And now we have, you know, kind of the new fight, which is between maybe Reince Priebus and Steve Bannon. And it just seems like maybe someone will win this round, but then they're going to come up against a Jared Kushner or one of the kids. It reminds me there was this uh, email in the Clinton emails where Doug Band, uh, the longtime Bill Clinton consigliere, writes this note to John Podesta, and he says, uh, Chelsea's a spoiled brat, and mm-hmm. she's doing all these terrible things with the foundation. And I remember reading that and thinking, like, you're an idiot if you think you're going to separate Chelsea Clinton from her father. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, that does not happen very often right. when you talk about bloodlines. I mean, occasionally somebody gets closer to the king than the prince, but not very often. I think what happens when you're so close to someone like Trump or someone like Bill Clinton, maybe, you start to, it starts to go to your head and you start to feel like you're part of this this very tight inner circle that's like a family. Yeah. And you, you lose think they sight. care about Yeah, you. You think, and they don't. They care about what you're doing for them. Yeah. And I think it's easy for people to lose sight of that. Remember, part of the problem with Corey Lewandowski was that the kids thought that he was acting like another kid, like he was part of the Trump family, and he clearly was not. I love this this story that's coming out now about how Kushner sort of helped facilitate this meeting with Nieto from Mexico, and he sort of said, you know, Trump's going to ease off of some of the rhetoric. He's going to, you know, not be quite so aggressive about Mexico paying for the wall. And then two days later, the whole thing falls apart, right? But this was all Kushner's doing, was to try and set this meeting up. And, And Trump just completely blew it out of the water. They basically were like trying to make uh, Jared Kushner the informal ambassador to Israel as well, which went as far as a Peter Baker story that said no one in Israel had ever met Jared Kushner. <laughs> uh, and look, I, you know, Peter is uh, is as down the middle as they come. That wasn't like a, a hit piece or anything. Right. It's just true. Um, uh, kind of amazing what goes on there. So, Olivia, what, um, what do you think will be the fallout of Kellyanne Gate? Uh, with the Ivanka Trump, the selling of Ivanka Trump stuff 
It's hard to tell. You know, everyone says that, you know, Trump is all about loyalty, mm-hmm. but he's about other people's loyalty to him. Right. He's not very loyal. Right. And This is also true of public figures. Loyalty is so important until it comes to them being exactly. loyal back. And so I think I think Kellyanne is in a strong position with the president. That's, that's what just, I think. That's what I glean from this, but I don't know, right? You can never fully know. Um, but I think if they were looking for an excuse to get rid of her, this would be as good as any. I mean, I think I just keep going back to what happened with Monica Crowley. Mm-hmm. You know, if if they wanted to keep her, they could have kept her. But now you know. I wonder, is Monica Crowley somebody that Michael Flynn wanted? My understanding is yes. Right. So, so my understanding was that what I had heard from my sources was that Monica Crowley uh, kept asking if she could go on television to defend herself. Of course. Because, she, you know, she was a Fox News personality. She's... You know, say what you will about her, good at that. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to just have an opportunity to defend herself. Uh, Crowley did not respond to my mm-hmm. request for confirmation on this via her agent. Um, and the White House pushed back. They said there was zero truth to it. But I also heard that Flynn had asked if he could defend her on television, and he was told to stand down by Priebus. Right. So it seems like if those sources are accurate, Flynn did want her, but right. You know, so Flynn wanted. So uh, but Priebus what, wanted I mean, her what out. I think you see is. Steve Bannon wanting to control the national security sphere mm. and Michael Flynn and his allies getting hit a lot. And that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, Steve Bannon's standing there with a slingshot, but if I was doing Kremlinology, that's the first place I would look at. Yeah. Did I say Kremlinology? You I sure did. <laughs> I, what I've been thinking about a lot lately is maybe, you know, I don't really buy the idea that Bannon is pulling the strings. I think... I think what's true of the world is probably true of the White House, and it's more guided by chaos than anything else. Um, but I think I, I've been questioning lately how much of a genius he really is. Bannon? Yeah. I, I keep thinking, you know, maybe he's not as smart as everyone claims that he is. Oh, and I, I agree with answer, that. And that could way. answer a lot of. You know, what's been happening lately it's so funny it's such a it's so indicative of just washington dc in general because like dc isn't really a town that reads and they're like oh yeah. steve bannon he'll digest a whole book in a weekend yeah. people are like oh my god he's a genius and so like but also what's you know a reputation like that? that let me just do a, another two to this horn go ahead hillary clinton is actually impressive about that people will like hand her a 500 page briefing book and like the next morning she'll know everything in it like it's insane how fast and how sure. much that woman reads. That's I believe great, that. It like, has not given her great judgment. How's that working out? However, for her? how's that working out for? Her? Well, no, but that's why Hillary point. Clinton, as you know. Yeah, right. But that's why. But that's why boy, like Steve Bannon can read all this stuff. That doesn't mean he's not, you know, like taking away like crazy well, it's like interpretations when we, of things. When we all heard that Mattis reads, I remember my first stop being like, "Oh, thank God!" You know, someone there is reading a book yeah, at least, right. and everyone was so impressed by that. But with Bannon, I think it's once you get a reputation in a couple of profiles or. You know, a couple of TV segments. It's very difficult. Everyone latches onto that, right? And it's very difficult to shake it. I'm thinking right? of that. Uh, also, that, I'm thinking of that Bill Hicks bit where he talks about he's on the road and he's in Waffle House. And oh, he's that's a so book. good. What and you're a, reading and, for? And, and a patron comes up and goes, "Well, well, well. Looks, Looks like, like we got ourselves a reader. <laughs> <laughs> what you reading for? <laughs> Am I reading for? <laughs> it's so good." Am I still the only person to have cursed on this program, by the way? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> the yeah. problem is we're doing a podcast now, and so we taped that yesterday. Can I say that? Oh, your podcast? Our podcast. Well, the, yes, that's the one that we were You just of. weren't here because you were sick, like yeah, a no, rancid. No. At any rate, sorry. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so the table's we're doing 
Five minutes left. Olivia comes in here and breaks us apart. Sorry. So, um, we're taping this thing, and I like I'm profane like all over the place. Like that's everywhere. okay. Like the B word, the P word, not the N word, not the Chris Cuomo. Jesus, do we have the Chris John? Cuomo? Do we have the Chris Cuomo? Chris Cuomo is so dumb. The dumbest thing He's ever. So Literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Can you play Chris Cuomo? Please? I see being called fake news as the equivalent of the N word for journalists. I mean, what was he thinking, Olivia? He's so. I mean, the fact that anyone pays Chris Cuomo to speak, yeah, is <laughs> fascinating to me. And it on is, CNN, uh, no less. This is not like well, you know they, they pay Jeffrey Lord too. That's yeah. fair. It's not like, public access television. Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you think in your pantheon of people, like uh, Roger Stone is above a Jeffrey Lord? I don't. Well, in what sense, right? Because I. They do very different things. Right, obviously. But I, I just mean, like, I don't find Roger Stone to be a credible human being. Like, I don't think he should have any place in polite society. Hmm, I feel differently about that. And he's been very mean to me, like, extremely mean to me. I think he called me what he called, the most sneaky, duplicitous reporter in America. Um, Congrats. You see, you. you're smiling. I don't, you're like, I like him because he's mean. I mean, he's kind of mean to me. <laughs> no, like, he, I, it's, he's Roger very... Stone is negging you. Oh yeah, he's very, very mean to me. And it's working. No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, he's been he's he's definitely like sent trolls to like get me and and all this stuff before we constantly. I mean, I've Just known him for years. Just be happy that your last name isn't Newsyberg. <laughs> Because then you would get the like the the oh they photoshopped me in the oven stuff. yeah, yeah really? they photoshopped me in the oven uh, they also photoshopped me as a Nazi soldier though which is so different. would you be like Roma wow. like what would if I don't you really were in, know in, yeah I'm just trying to figure um, out but I, it's not that I like Roger I just I think he's very complicated and I don't think it's as simple as just saying like he's not a credible person or he's a bad person I think different things are true of him at different times in his life. I, yeah, no, I think that I think that guys like Roger Stone are sort of necessary, but I also don't love the fact that he played a role in like getting the current president elected. Oh yeah, and I think he actually, you know, he he's one of I'm those people okay. a lot of people like to take credit right for things that they didn't really do. But if you go back, I mean, I think he was instrumental in getting the sort of Alex Jones crowd to care about Donald Trump. I mean, he was the one yeah, that introduced the two of them. He got him to go on his show. Um, and he was kind of on tour with Alex Jones all of last year. He legitimizes insane people. Oh, sure, yeah. The night of the election. And and communicates with uh, the Russians through Julian Assange. The night of the election, Alex Jones did his election night special, and Mm -hmm. Roger Stone was there with him in studio. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, mean, that's like, that's traitor level. You're you're (laughs) organizing with WikiLeaks Mm -hmm. or with Assange to help the Russians hack into a political party? I would love to see Roger Stone's FBI file. Yeah. But you have to question, you know, what the things like that that he claims, how much of it is true. Right? You know, so you think it's untrue that he's bragging about making know. connections that he's... I don't know. I just haven't seen any documentation right. that it's true. Fair enough. I usually assume that if somebody brags about doing something terrible that they probably did it. It's like Trump on the bus with Billy Bush. I assume that right. at some point he has grabbed... Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. Can we just talk about for a minute how amazing it is that like Billy Bush is unacceptable and cannot be in public life, yeah. but can't Donald be on Trump TV. is president, and all he did was kind of like laugh and nod. Yeah. He can't be on TV on the dumbest show in America, I mean, Access were, Hollywood. Gonna, if, right, like, but the guy who make, said the bad thing is president. If you were going to make the the uh, make the sentence for somebody, the sentence would be harsher for Donald Trump and lighter for Billy. Bush. Yeah. Yeah. That guy gets to be president. Billy Bush could actually go out there and be like, 
it was kind of locker room talk, and you'd be like, it's more than what you hear in a locker room. In a locker room, people aren't usually talking about committing sexual assault. It's usually, I would do whatever consensually with that person. Sure. With that second. But, like, Donald Trump can't go out there and be like, this was locker room talk. Yeah. Right? Billy Bush is like, ha, ha, ha. Maybe. I don't know. It all sounds Pedophiles better get ready. Olivia Newsy, thank you very much. Congratulations on the new gig at New York Magazine. That's NewYorkMag.com, I believe. Just Mag. Yeah, you got it right there. Oh, right here. Follow her at Olivia Newsy on Twitter. That's O-L-I-V-I-A-N-E-Z-Z-I. I'm John Allen, sitting in for Bill Press with Peter Osborne, Jamie Benson, Ray Rogers, and Superman Holden. This is the Bill Press Show. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 